Innovation is the key to evolve sustainable packaging designs. In this episode of Packaging Talks, we welcome Jaydeep Gokhale, Vice President Sustainability, Asia Pacific at Tetra Pak. In his conversation with Dr. Ranga Prasad, he explains the sustainability philosophy of the company, illustrates this with some wins they have achieved in their quest for sustainable packaging formats. He also shares insights on the inclusive approach Tetra Pak is taking in India with respect to their collection and recycling of beverage cartons. His view on EPR and the leading industry initiatives Tetra Pak is driving. Let's tune in to find out more. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Packaging Talks podcast series brought to you by the Packaging 360 team. Today our guest is Mr. Jaydeep Gokhale, Vice President Sustainability at Tetra Pak. Welcome to the podcast Mr. Gokhale. Thank you very much Dr. Ranga Prasad. It's a pleasure for me to be here to talk about this very important topic of sustainability that is important to all of us mr gokhale uh, could you start by briefly outlining the uh, tetra pak sustainability philosophy uh, you could also ex- explain the the maximum use of recyclable materials things like responsible sourcing and what are your thoughts on uh, carbon footprint reduction of your operations and also the complete value chain sure i'll be very happy to to talk about our sustainability philosophy but maybe to recap first on who we are and what we do for the benefit of your listeners tetra pak is a world leading food processing and packaging solutions company we were founded some 70 years ago and we work very closely with our customers and our suppliers to help provide safe and nutritious food and beverages to billions of people in more than 160 countries we have a vision which is to commit to making food safe and available everywhere and we promise to do that in a way that protects what's good so if you pick up a carton from tetra pak you will see a a motto that says protects what's good which means protecting food protecting people as well as protecting the planet and the tetra pak carton itself was designed as a solution to the endemic issue of food spoilage and food loss you know today one third of the food produced for human consumption is either lost or wasted globally every year and all too often our food is grown it's produced it's processed packaged distributed and consumed in unsustainable ways so as the population increases and also the resources diminish this challenge will only become much more so the world's food systems need to transform to improve that food security and i think for a country like india with our population and diversity and expanse distribution has always been a challenge so this is even more pronounced for perishable items like milk or juices which often require a cold chain and that's where our aseptic processing and packaging technology can really play a very very crucial role by increasing the life of the food product mind you without preservatives and allowing it to be transported over vast distances so this was a little bit about tetra pak who we are and how we came into existence 70 years ago and as a purpose driven company and as as an industry leader we believe that we have the responsibility and the opportunity to contribute positively to some of society's most press, pressing challenges especially when it comes to sustainability and food safety so there's always for us there's this importance to balance food safety on the one hand and sustainability and sustainability has been one of our strategy pillars by the way i've been in tetra pak for 25 years so as long back as i remember sustainability has been a 
fundamental building block for Tetra Pak. It continues to be one as part of our 2030 strategy. There is a huge change that is going to be needed to address what's going on around us. And as part of our strategy 2030, it is our intent to lead the sustainability transformation within the food and beverage industry. And Tetra Pak was founded on the philosophy that a package should save more than it costs. And I think that remains extremely true today, especially when you talk about sustainability, food safety, availability. So while food packaging plays a critical role in feeding the world, it also impacts the Earth's climate and resources. And that sometimes could suggest a compromise or a conflict, you know what I mean, between the two. But we believe that that should not be the case. And sustainable food packaging can play a strong role in balancing both these areas. So maybe I should also talk a little bit about what our goals are and how we would plan to reach the goals set out in terms of maximizing the use of renewable materials and responsible sourcing, because I believe that was part of your question. So first of all, if you look at a carton package from Tetra Pak, I believe we have already a great takeoff point because today, even today, our carton package is already on average 70% based on renewables or plant-based. And this is responsibly sourced. It's FSC certified. That's Forest Stewardship Council certified. And this is the same for some of our caps, the bio-based caps as well, where we have on sucrose certification. And our carton package is recyclable. And it's getting increasingly recycled. So you've got an average 70% plant-based package. It is recyclable and it's getting increasingly recycled, which means also means that this is a low carbon impact package when we compare this to other package types. So as I said, a great starting point. But our ambition is to deliver the world's most uh, sustainable food package. That is a package that is made fully from renewable or recycled materials is fully recyclable and carbon neutral. And it allows for ambient distribution while meeting stringent food safety requirements. So this is the future of food packaging. And this is what our ambition is to have that, that package. And this is a journey, mind you. This will not happen overnight. This will happen over the next few years in steps. And this will require significant industrial and technical breakthroughs. Some of them are like expanding the use of renewable polymers. We want to replace the thin layer of aluminum that we have in our carton pack in the aseptic cartons with an alternative barrier that will still protect the food inside from oxygen and light. We want to simplify the packaging material structure and increase the renewables or the plant and paper-based content. We want to introduce recycled materials that are food safe. We want to ensure full recyclability in existing waste streams. Because today what happens is that we take the carton and then we want to sort the carton away from the stream that it, which is paper. But we don't, we, we should not have the need to do that going forward. And we are also going to innovate in equipment and processes to incorporate structural changes. And for all of this, which is moving towards that future carton package, we have a very clear roadmap 
to deliver against these above requirements. And we've already, I can already, I can also talk to you about um, some of the, let's say, steps that we have already achieved or the milestones that we have already crossed. We've already introduced the first package made fully from plant-based, direct plant-based. And this was introduced in 2014, sourced from Daskem uh, renewable materials. That sells 1 billion packages globally. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, we've also launched the bio-based caps made from plant-based polymers. We've sold 12 billion units of these already. I, I talked about the replacing the aluminum. So our first gen non-foil packaging solution is already on the shelf, where the aluminum has been replaced by a more environmentally sound polymer film. And this will pave the way for future development with increased renewable and fiber content. We've introduced paper straws already in Europe, um, already develop or developing tethered caps uh, and more sustainable openings in the pipeline. Yeah, thank you for uh, explaining the Tetra Pak sustainability philosophy with some concrete examples. Before we uh, go further, I must take this opportunity to congratulate Tetra Pak on reaching the coveted milestone of being uh, nominated as one of the top 50 sustainable and climate change leadership organizations in the world. So in this pursuit of sustainability goals, does packaging innovations take a backseat? In other words, uh, what is the vision of Tetra Pak ensuring continuity in sustainable yet meaningful and creative packaging innovations? Because most of the uh, sustainability definitions that are uh, outlined by organizations are mere switches from one form of uh, material to the other. So in that context, could you tell us uh, how do you balance sustainability and innovation? First of all, Dr. Ranga Prasad, I must thank you very much for your kind words. Uh, in response to your question about packaging innovation and does it take a backseat? So for us, sustainability is built into the design when we talk about our products. So we don't believe that innovation and sustainability are mutually exclusive. You can't design a new product and then bring in sustainability as an afterthought. As we innovate on whether it's new packages or equipment, the climate impact is actually built into the design. So let me illustrate with two examples. I mentioned a few minutes ago about the development of tethered caps. So our development of tethered caps as well as other integrated drink from uh, systems uh, enable then a better drinking handling experience on the one hand so there's an innovation there but it also addresses the issue of litter that's one example another one i'll take from the equipment side so our development of a low energy processing line for juices nectars and still drinks it reduces the energy consumed by up to two-thirds by 67 percent and the water consumption used for cleaning in place for sterilization and product changeover is cut by 50%. We have a better system, but it is also kinder on the environment. So those are the two examples I wanted to share with you to make sure that innovation and sustainability go hand in hand. Mr. Gokhale, uh, very little is understood about the uh, recyclability or recycled content of uh, Tetra Pak. So could you also now explain to our listeners the recycling initiatives that you have recently undertaken, more India-specific, so that will be a good example of uh, your commitment to sustainability. I'll be happy to talk about 
some of the recycling initiatives that we are under we have undertaken and we are undertaking here in india first of all recycling can play a very strong role in reducing climate change it keeps materials in use it gives them an extended life as i said before our carton packages are recyclable and they are increasingly being collected and recycled where efficient waste management and recycling infrastructure is there in place um, here or across the world. The technology to recycle and the applications also exist and they are various. So cartons are effectively recycled into various products. It can be tissues and towels, um, other paper-based products or stationary items, notebooks, notepads, as well as into sheets that are used for making furniture, roofing sheets, as another example. To improve recycling rates, we have made significant investments. And we want to make sure that capacity exists. Because only when you have a recycling, so first of all, only when you, when you have package that is recyclable, and then where you have recycling facility and capacity, that you can then work on collection to make sure that whatever you collect, you send for recycling. That's the way it should happen. So to improve recycling rates, we have made a lot of investment, growing the number of facilities that recycle cartons. If you look at it worldwide, we went from 40 recycling facilities, by the way, not owned by us, but these are businesses, 40 in 2002 to more than 190 in 2020. Here in India, we have four recyclers. We have one up north, one in the south, two in the west. We have four recyclers. And the good news is that we've already identified a fifth recycler. And that recycler, that fifth recycler will come on board uh, in 2022. What that will mean is sufficient recycling capacity to then turn our attention to ramping up on collection of cartons. So that's on the on the recycling side. I would say that also, apart from supporting the collection and recycling infrastructure, we have been driving awareness programs through the value chain and helping to expand market opportunities for recycled materials. This is also equally important that we invest in the ecosystem. After all, at the end of the day, we are dealing with people on the ground who work in the waste trade earn their livelihoods collecting cartons or other materials and selling those to recyclers. And what we have been doing is it's a mixture of, it's a combination of education interventions, health interventions. First of all, we want these the waste pickers and the waste trade to understand that this is a carton. This is what it looks like made out of, majorly out of paper. It fetches a value. You can get a value by collecting cartons. This is what you should do with them. That's one part of it. The other part is, it's not just a transactional ex experience or a, it's not a transactional relationship with these people. It should go beyond that. There should be a social relationship. So we want to take care of the health. Sometimes, you know, we also work with the NGOs to ensure that the children of waste pickers are also supported. Our ambition, as I 
uh, you know, is, is really to ensure that all of our packages are collected and recycled, and none of them end up as litter. Today, in India, our post-consumer carton recycling rate is around 40%. And this has happened over the last 17, 18 years. In spite of all the challenges out in the, in spite of the fact that the regulations are taking shape only now, the strict enforcement is, is still probably some time away. Um, basic issues like source segregation are not in place. And we've still managed to get to 40%. But we do realize that we have a long way to go. I think that's what we will have to do. We'll have to work on different stages of, of this, um, the value chain. On the one hand, to make sure that recyclability is integrated into the design stage itself. Of course, we are simplifying the material structure. We are, as I said before, we are increasing the share of fiber content. Then we are ramping up on collection, we are putting recycling capacity in place. And as I just said, we are also driving awareness programs uh, to make sure that consumers and the waste trade and everyone else is much more familiar with the carton, with the fact that it is a package that stands for food safety. And at the same time, it, it is a package that is recyclable. It is. It can be recycled. It can fetch a value for the waste trade, and so on. And one more point I'd like to add on that note is that one of the ways in which we can help increase recycling, uh, and this has been done elsewhere in the world, is to have the correct recycling code, a material identification code, displayed on the pack, or the package, not just the tetra pack button, but on the container package. And recycling codes are used to identify the material from which an item is made. And it helps to ensure that each type of packaging is put in the appropriate collection and recycling stream. So plastic should go into the plastic stream, paper should go into the paper stream, a composite carton, a composite package that is paper-based should go into that stream. It should not land up in the wrong stream of such a on-packaging labeling system and code. Therefore, it will serve to inform and direct the actors in the ecosystem accordingly. And through our research and our network, uh, we believe that such as what is being used internationally, the number 84, um, if put on the carton, will correctly capture the composition of our cartons because carton packages are primarily made out of paper. They have a composite structure, paper-based with thin layers of aluminum. Using the right recycling code, which is 84, will facilitate efficient reuse, recovery, and recycling. So actually, this will then help to um, push the rate, recycling, collection and recycling rate of paper-based cartons up. So, Gokhale, now specifically uh, with respect to India, there is an increasing push towards uh, the extended producer's responsibility to reduce waste and increase the collection of used packaging. Uh, what are your thoughts on this aspect? As I mentioned a few minutes ago, Tetra Pak India has been doing voluntary EPR for the past 17 odd years now and way, be, way before recent legislation. So, we welcome EPR. And 
because of those early efforts, and now, of course, it's the industry's efforts, and I'll come to that in a, in a minute. As I said, 40% of cartons sold now are recycled. 40% of cartons sold in India are recycled. We have, a, we have built a pretty extensive network across India. Today, we cover 39 cities. We also cover 14 Indian Army contingents, and I'm sure that will be interesting to those who are listening. And this is supported, this network is supported by over 27 collection and awareness partners across 23 states and union territories. So we have a pretty good collection network across India. It includes the Indian Army. As I said, we have four recyclers in India already. We will soon be adding one more to build capacity to support increasing collections. But no one company or entity can, can, can shoulder this. And three years ago, we spearheaded the creation of the Action Alliance for Recycling Cartons, or ARC. That's the acronym, ARC. And ARC is founded uh, for the, for the, it's, the cause is to work to boost collection and recycling of cartons together with the industry. So this has to, this is an industry effort. Today, ARC already has 17 members. These are brand owners, leading companies, together with packaging material producers. And the brand owners are now spearheading the initiatives to drive EPR fulfillment on paper-based cartons. We are pleased that the government is pushing for EPR, which we believe is the most efficient way to address the root problem of littering. And it will increase collection and recycling. We also feel strongly that EPR or EPR legislation, it must be just, it must be fair, it must apply to everyone. The rules need to be clear, um, not unambiguous. There cannot be differing versions for different states or union territories because that only increases the uncertainty, the complexity, and that will mean there'll be Already, you know, companies will not have enough people then to run to different states trying to figure out what needs to be done differently in different states. So roles and responsibilities must be made clear for each and every player in the, in the value chain. So everyone has a responsibility, be it the industry, the consumer, the municipality, the urban local body, the waste trade, everyone. And of course, EPR needs to be strongly enforced. So we welcome EPR. And we believe that if these conditions are there, then of course, we will see much more collection and recycling. And this endemic issue of littering in India, it demands a strong waste management infrastructure. What it does not need or call for is elimination of certain packaging material, which is in fact recyclable. So if something is recyclable, then recycle it. Create the system create the laws, allow for that to happen, hold companies accountable, etc. But don't eliminate or don't ban certain materials. Similarly, efforts are needed to integrate and consolidate the informal waste uh, ecosystem, which is already there in the country, as against thinking of something else that will replace. And while EPR will increase collections, it is also important to ensure that the the businessmen, the entrepreneurs who enter the waste management or recycling businesses, 
are able to build a sustainable business. So this could possibly also happen through incentivization or of course by expanding the market for recycled products itself. And my last point will be that lastly, there is a strong need for consumer awareness and behavioral change that will help them make better buying decisions on the one hand, as well as dispose their waste in the correct manner. So as consumers, we have the freedom to consume, to pick up what we want, but we also have the responsibility to dispose it in the right way. And you cannot have one without the other. Thank you, Mr. Gokhale. It was a pleasure listening to you and uh, Tetra Pak's uh, narration on the area of sustainability and circular economy. You highlighted all the challenges and the way you have overcome. And also, one of the things that I noticed was the uh, inclusivity approach with which you are uh, bringing in all the stakeholders in the value chain and trying to uh, bring a certain amount of uh, clarity in the implementation of EPR. It was a pleasure having you on Packaging Talks and we wish you and Tetra Pak all the very best in your future endeavors. Thank you, Dr. Ranga Prasad. It was a pleasure to, to be here today with you and um, I wish you all the very best. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining Packaging Talks powered by Packaging 360. Stay tuned for another interesting episode next week.